Hello. Hello. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Team Talks. Heather is back. Yes, she is. Today, we have a super fun topic to discuss. It's one that has been on our minds for a while, and I think Heather is the perfect person to have this conversation with. So today, we are going to be talking about love languages. Love languages. (laughs) And... Yeah, I think love languages are super sick, and you're going to learn all about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you want to go? I want, we should start off with just like a basic background of the five different love languages. I agree. Yeah? Should, should we like rotate? Or should we just go one as a group? Yeah? Let's just list them off. All right. So we have... Love languages are quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, and acts of service. So we'll do a little brief Mm -hmm. breakdown of those. If you haven't heard of love languages before, basically. I think this was like based off of a book someone read. Definitely book. Definitely like. Yeah, they wrote a book. He wrote um, a book. The guy who made the test also wrote the book. Okay. I think there's like a bunch of books. Yeah, but there's oh, not one sure. guy who like. Uh, but they're like specific to like. Patent it, right? I don't know. Oh. I was probably trademarked. Oh, like yeah. someone create, like someone had to have come up with the idea of the yeah, five languages. languages. Yeah, I'm sure oh. five languages. Yeah, you're right. And we're not crediting them at all. So go look that person up. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> they're really cool. <laughs> You know when you're just, like, cool enough that you don't even have to get mentioned? Everyone knows it's you. <laughs> That's cool. Right. So, anyway, some of the love languages, we'll just kind of go through. We can talk about our kind of interpretations of what that love language kind of is slash means. We're not pulling any of this directly, like, from a, the book or the website or anything like that. We're just going to go, like, off of our interpretations. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then pause for the most important sound in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of roses and rose. She 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 will. And we're drinking rose. We're drinking rose. Yeah, no, I got beer. I should. Sorry. (laughs) God damn it! But it sounded like you're drinking rose. It sounded like something was chilled. You know, it sounded like a chilled pour. I get. I get that. Don't you agree? Um. All right. So for me. Let's go ahead and choose one. Yeah. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation are, I like to think of it as like validating words, um, validating like somebody's understanding of you and connection to you and um, that they love you, essentially. Mm-hmm. But like in different ways. What do you mean in different ways? Like it doesn't always have to be, I love you. It could be like, I appreciate oh. you or thank you Agreed. for like being this to me or those pants look good on you i think you know yeah yeah physical emotional mm-hmm. compliments also like fit into that totally I kinda, anything verbal or, i think yeah i think verbal that's a spoken good mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so words of affirmation um another one is physical touch so that one, again, can be a little bit different depending upon the context, whether you're talking about, you know, a partner or a friend or a family member. 
I think physical touch as a whole is just like closeness, whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, sitting on the couch next to somebody or kicking your feet up on someone's legs or, mm. you know, there's Getting a lot a of... a hug when you're sad. Yeah, a hug when mm. you're sad or haven't seen someone in a while or, you know, anything like that. Just, I think, physical Cuddle. touch. Yeah, it could be cuddling or intimacy. Like, it could be any kind of form of physical touch. Hand-holding. Holding mm-hmm. hands, high-fives. I think one really important thing about this one that, in my opinion, is like a total misconception is... People always associate, I think, physical with being, like, sexual intimacy. And it's, like, yes, that's a portion of it. But, like, think about, like how you said, like, when a child is crying and sad and a parent gives them a hug to make them better. Like, there's scientific proof that when you're held and, like, in an embrace, your heart rate slows and, like, you just completely calm and your body, like, releases one of those like one of the forms of endorphins or something, right? Or dopamine, whatever it is. And like you automatically just feel better. So I think, yeah, I just feel like everybody always assumes like sexual intimacy when they hear the love language, physical touch, when really like that's only a small portion of very, it. I feel very like. small portion. Very I small. really like the reference to the kids and giving them hugs, like kissing boo-boos to mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. like a form of physical touch that is like comforting. Even though it literally like, doesn't do anything. <laughs> but like, you know, like it is comforting. There's no yeah. way else to say it. When I think of physical touch, like I think hand holding is a big one for me. And what's interesting about that, and this I kind of go into a point later about like uh like certain people in your life, I think you might have like certain different love languages for them, but it's interesting because like John and I don't necessarily hold hands a whole lot of the time. Like that side of physical touch our just hands don't fit unfortunately my hand is like too small for his like wide man hands um but like when I think of hand holding like I think of Nikki like Nikki always wants to like me to right. hold her hand or to like be cuddled um like in some way and so uh they're like when I think of physical touch I actually don't immediately go to like physical touch with my partner which is interesting or like the physical intimacy yeah I think that's interesting. Things. I didn't think, think even though I said. Yeah, I think, I think even though I said. Mostly. Yeah. Well, I I said I thought it was like a misconception that people think, but I that was probably just me also projecting partially because I used to always associate it with, like, in relation to a partner, uh, and to this day, even I still do. Like the reasons, maybe why, and we'll get to this later. Why that's not, for instance, my first one. Like I took that. What crossed my mind, like off the bat, was oh. PDA. I'm not a huge PDA person, so I immediately categorize it into like right. how it would relate in terms of like having another person involved. But that's wrong. I mean, again, it's kind of a part of it, but oh, totally, it's fine. not. It's whole definition. And like that's that's the thing is like it's this is such a subjective test. You know, the test right. itself is subjective. You know, and how you interpret it, you know, is your perspective on it so everyone's gonna like hone mm-hmm. in on some part of physical touch a little bit differently depending upon their experiences or you yeah. know their current situation with people around them in general so i think that's normal totally 100 percent. all right we've got gifts so i feel like gifts are also this also gets a bad rap yeah where people one thousand percent 
She's like, let me defend myself. <laughs> let me. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, I guess it makes more sense when we also tie in the other ones that are that are still to come as well. But for me personally, A, a gift does not have to be an actual materialistic, tangible item that you can hold. Right. First things first, off the bat. I think people think gifts and they think, oh, jewelry or, you know, I don't know, like electronics, things, things like that, or even like concert tickets, like, you know, and I think people also automatically associate it with like a high dollar amount too, which is also like totally wrong. Um, And I think one thing that maybe isn't talked so much about gifts and what I like, yeah, also we'll get into later and like with our previous experiences and stuff is that when someone gets you a gift, if it's a good gift, like this doesn't have to be the only indication that like they love you or they know you but obviously when someone gets you a really good meaningful gift that like touches a piece of your heart they have to have been listening so closely to you they have to have been paying attention and they're thinking about you when they're not with you like how romantic but also just endearing is that like in terms of a friend or a romantic partner so and again, obviously, there are many other ways in which you can express that you listen and you love them and you think about them when you're not with them. Um, don't but have I to think superficiality. Exactly, right. not at all. And a gift can also be an action um, or the presence of someone. So I know that that then ties in acts of service and it ties in quality time. However, it's still a gift. Like to me personally, I understand to a very deep extent the value of time. So when someone chooses to take one of their busy weeknight evenings to have a drink or go to dinner with me, even though, yes, that's also quality time, to me, that is truly a gift Mm -hmm. because the value of time is so, so fucking precious. And there's like such little time that we have available to us. So I think gifts, you just need to really think like so much broader than people normally do. Um, Even on the test. Um, someone. The test was like that too. Yes. Like the test was like mm-hmm. yeah. not it made, necessary. It made you not want to pick it. <laughs> yes. It, 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 it made, really like, it, made it look bad. <laughs> yeah. Which may have affected my scores the second time around. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll find out. But I mean, and it can also be like a coffee. Like if you're studying really, really hard for a test, like an Americano is $2 at Starbucks. And if your partner or your friend knows how much you love coffee, you know, and like that takes a second to get and it costs next to nothing, but it's, that's so sweet and meaningful and thoughtful. I mean, um, one of our good friends, Annika, for instance, knew that I had like a really stressful day one day. And the next morning she Venmoed me $5 and was like, go to that favorite coffee shop, you know, down the street, like here's a coffee on me. If we lived in the same city, I would have bought you a coffee this morning and given it to you before work. And I was like, oh, God. like it's just it's so yeah it's so sweet and or another reason it doesn't mean you just like things i got when i came home from my test side note we took a month off because i had a big test yay i passed but i got home <laughs> from it and i had this beautiful bouquet of sunflowers from heather like right there and it that like totally topped off my feeling that i had and heather's big on flowers giving them and yeah, I think you like receiving them, I hope. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and that, that it's, you know, that's not something I'm going to, like, sell on Etsy. 
that you know whatever <laughs> Facebook later, right that's not right, like right. a material in fact I had she they they died today and so I'm away today but that was a good week and a half that they were around but my point is like that's not necessarily a superficial thing that's totally something just like congratulatory and and kind and endearing and that's another example of that and sunflowers my favorite flower I'm not 100% sure you knew that but they were that's the first time I received my F bouquet of sunflowers I did let let the record show I did not think these were my favorite flowers <laughs> so hence meaning and listening it was intentional <laughs> Oh, I mean, we can go into like so many gifts Heather's given over the years where it's yeah, like we definitely will. <laughs> uh, remember when you said that one thing Some three highlights. months ago? And yeah. <laughs> all right, next up on the list, we've got quality time. This this one's this one can be vague, in my opinion. This one's something that is like um, I, I it's up for interpretation for sure. Yeah, I think it is easily the most broad at first glance mm-hmm. where you know gifts you mentally go into that kind of canal where you're like oh all the things you described where quality time i feel like naturally has so many different first interpretations where <clears throat> yeah that like i can't even list all of them like yeah are we going talking and- on the phone mm-hmm. Um, going to do something going to do something watching a movie together sitting with you while lunch. you are on a like stressful phone call like yeah. what does it mean you know debatably even texting even can texting. be a, yeah. a form of quality time nowadays <laughs> yeah like there i feel like there's so so many different ways that you can kind of achieve quality time and i think it boils down to literally just being around someone or you know connected to them in some way mm-hmm. do you guys think that um like a group setting like if you were to analyze quality time between two people that like being in a group would also count or does like yes. quality yeah. get taken away because it's not like, i think if if you're both close like if all three of you or all four of you let's say are close to one another I think that completely can still be quality time I think if you know it's like maybe what let's say you and I Brittany hung out and I brought along with me a co-worker that you had never met before so Mm -hmm. it was more like a meet and greet lunch although I think to a small extent that would maybe kind of qualify as quality time I would for instance say that wouldn't be nearly as meaningful of quality time as when you me megan and lissette and aaron all hang out you know like that group versus the other one is it's not the same right um but i do i think there can still be value and quality in a group of maybe people that aren't all close already even if like there's an acquaintance or two in the mix but i do think that the quality time can vary based off who is in the situation and like the closeness of all individuals involved Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the sense of that like group entity feeling like there's a pot, there's a like an idea that you can have quality time with an individual, but like I feel like it's possible to also have quality time like as a group, not necessarily you individually with each person in that group, but you as a group spending that time together. 
Mm-hmm. So like reunions and things like that. Like maybe you're not talking to every single person and, you know, having quality time with each person, but as a group, that's like a bonding experience that can be like still quality. Mm-hmm. Like your boys trip. To exactly. Arizona. Like taking a trip, like, obviously some of us spent different times together and we spent a lot of time as a group but as a whole i think that was a good quality time trip for the group of us totally where you know i didn't talk to every single person the same amount every single day you know like right that's that's normal i agree Mm -hmm. all right and our final one acts of service this holla, one holla. is one to be analyzed within my own life. This is 100% of we're, when we get to talking about, like, the growth of my love languages. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely is more prominent of a love language in my adult life versus, I think, growing up or even in college. Um, and maybe that's because I have more responsibilities and, like, I'm more often stressed and, like, crunched for time. And so those uh like like john doing the dishes or oh that's another thing to analyze is which we'll talk about like i don't necessarily think that that's a love language that like translates as much to like maybe my friends but it does like if i asked you to like drive up here tonight for something like that's an act of service and that is something that would be meaningful to me and show love but it's like 100% I think involved in my day-to-day love with my partner. I was about to say, I think second to physical touch acts of service is the next hardest thing to do virtually Mm -hmm. in especially the age of COVID. Mm -hmm. So also when you retook this test, when you were retaking it through the lens of virtually just having seen and been in person with John for an entire year. Um, So there's also that to consider. Um, But a lot I mean, of access service to be <laughs> right? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I can only imagine how much, yeah, how, or not only can I imagine, I know how much harder it is to help people with things. Yeah, that when you're, when there's physical distance between the two of you, like if we were back in college, for instance, it would be so much easier to find things to help people with. Um, right because we're also living the same life like or such a more similar life I feel like the more different your lives are from each other's it's also harder to help people because you have to like know how to do something you know kind of that that person needs um to obviously be able to do an act of service too and like I feel like a lot of the things I guess I associate acts of service predominantly with like errands I think would or yeah like things that are literally physically close to home um like dishes (laughs) Yeah, little things like that. Cleaning. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I think I categorize acts of service into like two different categories. One being someone doing something for me that I could have done myself, but didn't want to, Mm -hmm. or wouldn't have liked Mm -hmm. to. And Mm -hmm. the other side of I literally cannot do this without this person's help. Mm -hmm. So. Oh yeah. So like there, there's kind of two sides to that where I as an act of service giver mm-hmm. am I have a very high percentage of helping someone in that second category where they literally cannot do this without me like Only move a couch who has a truck <laughs> yeah move a couch right. or um, 
carry this Lift across something heavy. This, you know, like something like that, where like you literally mm-hmm. cannot do that without someone's help. I am much more likely to like kind of come to that call than I am for you don't feel like it. You know, I feel like there's a, there's a different sense in like when you make that decision to do something for someone when they could do it themselves, but you're just doing it to help them is where that kind of acts of service really takes that next level jump. And there's kind of a, you know, a separation. Are you talking like generally because you want to hundred percent do shit when I don't want to, because you love me. Yeah. Well, I know that's the next jump. I'm saying, oh, I'm that special. Got it. Yeah. I understand what you mean by the next jump. I'm not going to go to Drew's house and do his dishes. Yeah, but that's like a different <laughs> thing. Like, like it, the the way I'm it not gonna go to my parents' house. But the way the way it manifested. <laughs> but you did do stuff like that. You went and stayed home. The last time you were home, you spent a week cleaning out their storage unit with them. Yeah, that's, that's access service. One hundred percent access service. That manifested itself in just like a different task, but it it's still there. So I think yeah. I feel like you don't maybe recognize how often you do like behaviors in that in that yeah. category. That's possible too. Because that's that. Mm-hmm. He want he was helping my mom clean out her garage. Like, <laughs> right? That's not that's an that's an act of service. I do I would not. And that's something that they could completely do without you. It's not something they absolutely needed from you. Yeah. I think this one is also the most maybe. I think it's the most taken for granted out of all of them, um, because the acts of this form of love can be so hidden and so small and mm-hmm. so mundane. That like the dishes or like small cleaning or you guys have two cats. So, you know, like cleaning the litter box, things like that. Like this is the, in my opinion, this is like the utter epitome of, you know, the small things matter. You know, like it's the little things that we are, that we take for granted, but that we also recognize the most like over a duration of time. Um, And I do think this is one, especially that grows with age as we become more busy, because when someone is able to give you that gift of time and their service, um, it's, it's, it's huge. Like you finally recognize the value and, and how, think about how much less energy we have, like every year that we get older. So when someone is willing to give you the gift of their energy and go out of their way and do this for you, that it just means a lot and then when it's done you know without even being asked that then also is you know they're thinking about you they know you they know the things that will relieve your stress um and this one I feel like is the easiest one to take out of the romantic context or Mm -hmm. one of the one of the easiest ones to take out of romantic context because I mean I think about when I write my father's day cards every year for my dad Mm -hmm. I always get this one that looks like well, typically I try to find one with cats, but then, mm-hmm. you know, plan B is like some sort of little animal dad and daughter. And the dad always has like some tools or he's like driving her to school. Like I put, I put a pattern together probably a few years ago. And then I noticed that in every card when I was ever writing, like why I'm so grateful for him, the biggest things that come to the forefront of my mind are he would literally drop everything to come and help me with anything if I ever needed or coming home from college and coming, you know, inside and then 
like 30 minutes later having hearing my car come back down the driveway and wondering like where did it go and him being like oh I just got an oil change filled up your gas tank and ran it to the yes. car wash like what my dad did that the other day too no, like he will hero he put gas in my car and he put through a car wash the other day my mom's like hi he judges my car when it's home because it's so dirty every single time <laughs> but that was like totally to relieve my stress before my test they were like let's gas it up let's get it clean and it was so helpful that that, that is a way my dad shows love the most too that mm-hmm. is is the one hundred percent acts of service <laughs> so is, so is my dad my dad is one hundred percent yeah the okay. way he shows it there's two parts right 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 the we're, way you we're gonna show get into the way that we're gonna yeah. get into that right. so I feel like Heather made a really good point of you know kind of when she was blending gifts into some of the other mm-hmm. topics is they overlap as they overlap so much like they're they are all intertwined and connected and it's really hard to find a specific act of love or like mm-hmm. sign of love without being able to associate it with multiple different these are truth like so true. languages so Obviously, like, all the things we said, we could also apply to other things. But I think just in simplicity, like, first nudge, first idea of what a certain situation is falls into one of these five categories. I haven't necessarily thought a whole lot about, like, if, you know, there's another category, maybe. I don't know. We have a theorist on our hands. So we'll... Maybe we can analyze that as we go, but that would be fun. But I think pretty much everything falls in one of these five categories. So, you guys want to talk, talk about, about yeah, yeah, our, I, yeah, our thoughts before the test? Oh, yeah. Versus, okay. and then we'll talk about our numbers. Like we what got. we like, what we had assumed would be what our we results would for ourselves. Maybe the top three, or like a summary. So I 100% thought I was a words of affirmation girl. Mm-hmm. Like, validate me, validate me, validate me. I think I like literally say those words to my friends sometimes out of like deep points. <laughs> just like, tell me I'm okay. Um, and it ended up being third in this test. Is that okay if I say that? Yeah. Um, I still didn't think like for what I received that gifts were going to be very high and I was right and they were it was pretty low of a number um and I think I was aware of my growth into acts of service as a love language Mm -hmm. but like early on when I first learned about love languages I I didn't really think acts of service was important to me but I can like go back and analyze stuff that happened as I grew up that meant a lot you know, they were totally like acts of service. Mm-hmm. It's the, it, I truly think it's the one that is most easily missed and overlooked yes. because the biggest part that makes it up are those little things that we every day take for granted. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I have pretty much always been a quality time person. That's like my kind of notch. Like, no matter what we're doing, it could be nothing, you know, playing games, um, having a few drinks, 
or you know going somewhere like whatever it is like just being around people in general and just organizing events so that people can be there that i can be around them like that is just like my favorite thing to do and i knew that gifts was going to be really low because i don't think about gifts a whole lot i'm a really bad gift giver like i have like i don't think about gifts like giving gifts or really receiving them just like too often in general and I think in my adult life, that's something that I want to get better about, like Mm. being more aware of, you know, it's like, it's so easy to shop for Christmas all year instead of being like, holy shit, it's November. Right. (laughs) You know, like just the idea of like looking for, for things and thinking of people in that way. I'm also just like really stingy with money in general. Like I don't spend a lot of money. So I think that kind of stems to gifts and that kind of mindset of like well gifts means money but it doesn't necessarily mean money so like shifting that perspective but yeah my my middle three have have shifted more so and i think this is partially due to covid um physical touch shot up way more so before quality time was like a front runner and gifts was at the bottom and then the other three were all kind of the same and physical touch has shot up to almost quality time and i think that's just because i miss it like it's mm-hmm. it's something that i'm like i'm wanting mm. is like more like i haven't seen friends i want to give them hugs i haven't seen my family i want to give them hugs like just right that yeah. sense of closeness closeness that i'm missing right i think definitely showed through when i was taking this test so i'm I'm curious to see if that is going to continue like the next time i take the test if that's something that sticks or if you know words of affirmation and acts of service kind of balance back out i totally agree i did notice though both of you when you were Speaking about gifts, even this second time around, after we talked just like 10 minutes ago, we're both totally sliding back into the, I think, more associating it with money and materialistic goods. Do you think if you would, if you would go back, let's say, and take it like right now or take it tomorrow after we all kind of agreed a little bit more that it can, it can be an act of service, like an act of service is a gift. Do you think going back and taking it, it might have a slightly higher percentage. Maybe you would have chosen it once or twice more, or do you still think you would have chosen the others over it? So, let me be clear. Because I, I still am of the opinion, like, even when I was saving that, I was thinking gifts were low on my list, that, um, like, they're not necessarily, like like I said, materialistic things. But, like, John and I don't even, and I this is the context of our friendship, and I like I, I really do strive to be a better gift giver in a lot of my friendships, but um and in my family too with my sisters. But with John and I, like we don't even necessarily give each other cards sometimes or like um. I, but there are there are some things where uh, giving of time was your question. One. Yes, that would affect my scores. But the thing is, it wouldn't affect my score with the test because they didn't phrase those questions You're right. that way. You're right. They phrase them with like, yeah. do you appreciate like somebody getting you a small token? Token of gratitude. Like, like, 
And what the fuck's a token of gratitude? Like, but, okay, okay. How about this? How about this? A token of gratitude would be if you you helped me move, and I sent the two of you beer and Harry Potter paraphernalia, um, and was like, "Thank you so much for doing this." Blah blah blah. That would be like a token of my gratitude. Versus if I instead maybe right. mailed a card. That said, like, you know, words of affirmation, I would, you know, categorize that and saying, like, thank mm-hmm. you so much. I so appreciated your time, blah, 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 blah. Um, and just kind of elaborated more. Like, so that I think would be the difference, you know, or if instead I just gave you a big squeezy hug and was like, thank you so much for helping me. Or if I was like, yeah. you know what, you helped me move. So when you guys move, let's say in a month, I will then go help you move. That would be like a token of gratitude in the form of an act of service. So I feel like that's how it would kind of play into it a little bit like which of those that I just said would you want to receive you know first second third and fourth if you were being thanked for something so still the token when you said the token thing Mm -hmm. and you said like uh like Harry Potter and um beer or something and beer and something and then and then you said like and I write you a little note like thank you my like appreciation like latched on to the thank you to the words of affirmation part of that Mm -hmm. So what's funny is I latched on to the hug part. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I I was like, yeah, I don't need you to write me a card. Like be, if you gave me a hug, I'd be cool. Well, like, in that instance, it would be card. So words of affirmation, um, acts of service. Cause I do think that that, like, I would appreciate that reciprocation later. I, I the, also think that's partially because or, it's like moving and it's like, it's a big thing where if it was like, yeah. But even if it was like a different act of service, okay how about this dinner if if you were to buy me dinner for helping you move or something i would be grateful for that in ways that i wouldn't necessarily be grateful for a like with a gift like basket yeah exactly there's also yeah that's what i'm saying there's like different levels that but then that's quality time <laughs> and like i feel like acts of service kind of has that uh i scratch you are back. You scratch mine. Reciprocation type of, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like where the the rest of them maybe not so much. Yeah, because I, I think acts of service is uh, bigger things, not not smaller things. Like I have no problem. I don't know what's something that you don't like. So like, what? like if if one person really doesn't like cleaning bathrooms and mm-hmm. the other person doesn't mind cleaning bathrooms, right? Yes. Like, she does not like cleaning bathrooms particularly. No. I. But I don't mind cl- like declogging the drain. So, yeah. So like, there's just little things like that where you can take go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I realized it was being. We paused for beer. Uh, <laughs> things too. Okay. Okay. Gotta wait for but yeah, drink. like, I think, you know, small things kind of get swept into the acts of service kind of Agreed. the gimme's category. Mm-hmm. And then the big things are like, nah, you, <laughs> yeah, I help you move, you help me move. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a kind of fairness in that sense where, I don't know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, mean, it def- I mean, it definitely is. I think acts of service also takes... Yeah, it takes the, how do I say this? It takes, like, the most thing, like, it takes, yeah, wow. 
what is English? It takes the most things a person can possibly give, I think, and combines it. Because when you think about it, like if someone was helping you move, it would be like money for a gas. That's a thing, you know. Um, right. It'd be their their time out of you know spent taking their entire Saturday to spend that quality time with you doing this thing though for you, and then it's right. also their energy, a huge right. thing. Um, it's prioritizing, so it's you know giving the day to you instead of to themselves. So it, I do think it is the biggest combination Take one her. of all of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah takes the most things it does it really does i want to know your um breakdown of before and after the test okay yes um one other thing that i did want to address because i didn't want to interrupt you earlier Brittany, when you were talking i and we should talk about this later oh, i'm sure i'll end up talking about this later but words of affirmation is a really tricky one and this actually does kind of tie into um my new scores this time around because i think I used to associate your love languages solely within the context of romance. Mm, totally mm-hmm. wrong. Totally wrong. But I think a lot of people think like, oh, when you, they think of love, they think of romantic love. When there are so many other different kinds of love, like friend and family love, hello being like probably two debatably bigger ones sometimes even than romantic love. Um, mm-hmm. And I always used to only associate with that and even when I was taking my test I remember the first time I took the test probably about uh, a year and a half ago I'm forgetting Brittany when we started having the conversations about love languages probably about a year and a half ago definitely before COVID um like I would always say I would always say the things as they related to someone I either had a crush on or someone that I had dated previously I never yeah. described it really I would sometimes describe it in terms of friends but I would never certainly describe it as it related to family members like the idea never even came into my mind and I'm close with my family so I always I think you know looking back that's really a really interesting observation and I think because of COVID John because you definitely had a point that I think this self-isolation or, you know, small group isolation time, you know, a full lasting a full year definitely had an effect on my scores, especially me being someone who decided to take advantage of everything shutting down to spend more quality time with my family, especially since, you know, my brother's going to college next year and everything. I really wanted to take advantage of that as much as possible. I easily could have stayed in my apartment, but I didn't want to just because this was something kind of a chance that was never going to come again. The tiniest silver lining of this pandemic was it gave you the Mm -hmm. option to get closer with a small, small number of people. Um, Mm -hmm. But with words of affirmation, I always used to associate them not with like validation. That was Mm -hmm. never what I'd associated words of affirmation with previously, which I think is so funny because I am someone that really really loves validation like to and get it in our friendship for sure okay so then there you go so it's also something that I like my brain automatically is wired to validate someone when they are telling me something or experiencing something um and so I think I wanted to support I guess that my stubbornness wanted to support my previous scores which had included words of affirmation being like under 10%, um, which was 
now thinking back, looking back on it, that shocks me because I think it is something so fundamental to me, not only in terms of something that I want and need sometimes, but something that I innately go to give almost, that's the first way I think I do actually go to give love is through words of affirmation. And that and through acts of service, I think are my, the two first things my brain goes through, but it's so much easier to give. A, it's easier, I think, to affirm through words, um, but it's also, you can actually do words of affirmation with someone who lives far away. And so, like, especially during the times of COVID, like, John, how you were saying, like, how we right. can't be in person with our friends and giving them hugs and everything. One of the ways we do that is through texting or it's through a phone call. It's through verbal or, you know, written communication. Um, and just having, like, such close friends like Annika that don't even live in the same state. So before COVID, only saw her once a year. Like, things like that where um, one of my best friends, Alana, from childhood, you know, has lived in D.C. and Israel and Illinois, like, all around the world in the country. And it's hard to do a service for her if we don't live even in the same country. So um, right. I think just reflecting back before I took the test in terms of how how much words of affirmation are tied into non-romantic relationships and how more so even actively prevalent they are in my life currently and actually have always been. That was like mm-hmm. illuminating and really, really worthwhile to consider before I took the test. And then as I was taking the test, I noticed that I was, cause you totally know which one. Oh, totally. It's so like, I wish it was it's a like more complicated It's like taking the Harry level. Potter house test where you're like, I got to answer as Gryffindor. I got to answer as Gryffindor. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. They might as well just label quality time, physical yeah. touch. Like these examples right. they use are ridiculously transparent. We should have taken multiple is... tests. We didn't like vet I... the, the, the software yeah. or anything. Well, the this is... This is a conversation that I've had with David a bunch. So, David, um, I'm, now that we're doing this one, I definitely want to talk to him about having him back on for a personality test because that's one that we've done mm. a bunch. We, like, as a quality time interaction, took a personality test together. It was, like, a 75-question test. And instead of just, like, taking it at the same time, we, like, went through each question. We, like, decided what we were going to write, and then we told each other what we were going to put and then analyzed each other and then, like, adjusted bases our our analyzing of each other. And it was super fun and super weird to, like, realize how I interpret a question for myself versus how someone who knows me really well interprets that for me. Mm -hmm. And that was a ton of fun. So going back to like what you were saying with like it's so subjective mm-hmm. and right. taking it from one hour to the next or one day to the next or no how about different tests or different tests yeah like the phrasing like of the question mm-hmm. so i think there's so much subjectivity in general and how you take the test plays a big part in it but i think more important than that is like recognizing that regardless of how you score like all of these things are still present in your life totally and it's just like a like a precursor it's like a recognition of like oh this is where my you know instincts are right now oh totally it doesn't like it's not like definitive yeah it doesn't hold you to anything like you can i can definitely work on gifts i got zero percent for gifts i want to like 
I got three percent. I answered one question as gift. So like, because I liked it better than the other option that they give, and they only gave you like a. They only gave you two options for each one, so it was pitting certain ones against each other. That's that's like a poor structure of the test too. But can I say something real quick? Yeah, but I want her to go back to her point because we kind of interrupted that. Okay, I will. But going back to her point again about taking multiple tests, there. I did. I did right now. I, I took... Of the same test. I took the same test. I took one as the couple test. Then I took one single mm-hmm. test. They had the same questions for the most part. The physical touch ones were phrased slightly different to not be intimate. Interesting. But it was basically the same test. And my mindset taking the test from partner to friend or family changed my numbers in bunch. I'm sure. Oh, I just kept thinking, like, well, this is how I would respond if this if it was relative to, like, a situation with Heather. This is how I would respond if it was a situation with my mom. This is how I would respond to a situation with my dad. So, like, even that, like, would have varied my responses. Um, and maybe that just comes from, like, knowledge of how others uh, give love. Like, I, I receive the love my dad gives in any form that he gives it because I know that that's how he operates. Right. Like you mean when you, when you have someone in mind, like let's say when you have me in mind and it's how would you like to be comforted when you're sad and you have the choices between a hug or like, I don't know, some form of a gift or, or even literally anything probably but the hug. And if you have me in mind, <laughs> which I am a hugger, let's be clear. I am not some yes. emotionless, physicalless human being. But no, you're but a I am a hugger, but I'm just some of the other things more. So like if you had me in the mind, you'd probably be thinking, well, if she, Heather were to comfort me through one of the ways I know it means she cares the most because it's I know her love language, it would mean so much How more she if she comforted me in that way because I would know that like she was really present. Yes. That makes yes, that makes complete sense. So that, I agree, that was interesting having that, like, different set of goggles. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting, like, having an example of every different category of love for one person with John. And that definitely has just been, like, excessive amount of time together. And, like, how that pertains to our day-to-day life, which was interesting. I really wish that they would have you take a romantic, um, a romantic love language test and then... A friends and family uh love language or test. friends and then family even that yeah i yeah i think having all that three of those could be completely different and i think honestly doing a study on that would be so fucking interesting because of what i truly think it would what i think my hypothesis would be that it would come out that it's people's experiences with different relationships that they have in their life whether it be a familial a friend or romantic it's through the experiences we have with certain other people along our path that truly begin to shape our love languages because I think if I took one with friends I took one if I I think my ones with friends and family would be the same I do think those would be really similar for me but I do think if I solely took it through a romantic lens I do think that my results would be a little bit different not not completely but I think there would be more of a difference between friends and family combined and romantic partner versus like between friends and family members. Like, I think there would be a more, a much more noticeable difference there. I do. 
Okay. Yeah, for me, acts of service with friends and family shot way up. Interesting. To take the lead and physical touch dropped a mm-hmm. lot from like second to fourth. I think physical touch would so, be the biggest one that would change between people. And and I think I agree. I mean, which is which is interesting because I'm a physical touch person in general, and I think maybe trying to shift that mindset pushed it down even more mm. because I was trying to, you know, go to friends and family, but like, I'm, I'm just like a lovely person on my friends in general. And I like, I love hugging my family. It's usually like when I see them and when I leave, you know, they're like two more intimate, like hugs. But I think with my friends, I'm just like pretty physical in general like mm-hmm. I, don't know. I have no problem with closeness that totally disproves well, my hypothesis thank you very much um <laughs> showing that you would be the no, same no, no, no. no saying... th- this is good this hypotheses are made well, yeah, to no, be no, no, but I, agree. I i probably if i were to have taken the test before i started dating like um the physical touch likely changed for me too and i was a hugger but like like a lot of the questions on the quiz were. Um, Did you take the singles or the couples one? I took both. I ended up taking both. Um, but it did. Yes, that did change. My numbers did change a physical touch um, between the singles and couples, even. Um, like, let's see. Physical touch was 17%. It was my fourth, my first round. And then it went to fifth gifts gifts beat physical touch for friends seven percent for my for friends and that family makes sense yeah but the thing is so I... a lot of those questions had a veil of yeah. like in public yeah which was an Weird. interesting thing mm-hmm. it, it weirded me out a little bit but like that's a whole nother like analysis we could have because i yeah. was totally like anti-pda and like anxious about pda and other people I don't know why it was I was like a prude it was weird for like my own personality to like not enjoy like chatting for other people's like public displays of affection are you laughing no I was coughing I'm trying to spare people from having to hear oh, um but like when I started dating John I definitely got more publicly affectionate and it's weird because I was like very anti-PDA I think, I think in general too not necessarily just like with me but no like, but like with, it made it more okay i was like people, don't be yeah. a hypocrite um but that is interesting that like i was very aware of that that like flip of a switch in i my think mind. physical touch um, can also grow with comfort and with time too i definitely mm-hmm. think like if you're thinking about if you're grading the love language through a specific lens of a specific person i think like someone who just maybe starts dating someone like if you're thinking through the lens of romance and you know, you're only a month into your relationship, mm-hmm. I think your physical touch score is going to be different based off of a month in versus a year later. I think almost mm-hmm. for everyone, that's going to be different because the people that maybe struggle with physical touch or just maybe don't prioritize it or don't put a lot of weight behind it, I, you know, have a feeling, you know, because typically, you know, with a relationship comes intimacy, obviously not with all romantic relationships, physical intimacy is not a priority or it's just not even present but I think with a lot of them it does you know grow with time and it 
grows in its significance and you know how how good it is and you know you get more comfortable with each other and you know everything so I do think with time it would your percentage would grow and I also think even with friendship you know even if you are a hugger let's say if you've been friends with someone for a year versus someone you've been friends with for six or seven years you know you're likely going to feel a little bit more comfortable I don't know having your your feet touch on a couch than maybe you will be if you've only known each other for a few months or you know just little things like that um if you have maybe a closer stronger relationship with your parents maybe you'll feel more comfortable giving them a big squeezy hug when you're home for the holidays versus you know if you maybe have a you know a fractured relationship with your family you know your brain may not go towards you know oh I just want to you know give them a hug like that may not be the first thing on your mind so I definitely think that time and the quality of a relationship with someone can affect physical touch well I hate the quality one because I definitely think you can have a really meaningful deep relationship with someone romantic or not romantic and still not prioritize physical touch but I think if you do have a really strong relationship with someone maybe you're more inclined to feel more comfortable being physical with them whether or not that's sexually physical or not sexually physical so I agree yeah yeah and I think I think part of this like interpretation of love languages is like it's like not necessarily just what you mm-hmm. want from others, but like what you expect from totally. others. Like as like for me, like quality time with my partner, if my partner doesn't want to spend quality time with me, like that's the top of my list for a reason. Right. Like right. clearly that's going to be an issue. Yeah. You know, like that's not like, oh, I want you to want to spend time with me. Like <laughs> I expect you to fucking hang out. I agree. And He's like, if we can't hang like, out, there's a problem. Yeah. To the minute yeah. when you're busy, because then I'll be busy. So we can line up when we're both not busy together. So we can Even sit we on the not... couch together. Yeah, like that, that... Is, is a genuine conversation in our day to day life. Yeah. Are like, what minutes of the day are you not busy? Because I'll make sure I'm not busy too. Yeah. So, like, that is super important to me. But also, like, when you shift to a friend, like, quality time is still like pretty up there for me but acts of service jumped it because as a friend like not only do i expect you to be there for me like to want to be there like in general Mm -hmm. but like i think i lean more heavily on my friends and family for oh shit i need this than i do for a partner because the partner already has a lot of other like pressures that are put on them like day to day so i think i lean more heavily on my friends of like hey i don't ask you for a lot can you do this for yeah, me yeah that makes sense you know like mm-hmm. that type of thing so that i think is a, is a big expectation in my like what i want from a friend and honestly the people that like are my closest friends are people that i know that i can call and will like be there and they'll right. they'll help me out they're gonna you know save my ass when when i need something i'm fucking stuck so and so and my battery's dead he come jump me like shit like totally. that like that is the next level of friendship that not that i wouldn't hold my partner to that expectation but honestly it means something different yeah in it would mean something different in a friendship than it like than it would it might a, also be because partner. of the partner think- you might have a level of expectation that like 
if you were stranded on the side of the road, it wouldn't be like, oh my God, Brittany, thank you so much for coming to jump my car. I'd be like, well, yeah, no right. shit, she needs to jump my car. Like, we live together. Right. <laughs> like, totally. There's no excuse. I'm yes, leaving I you if you don't do this. <laughs> um, versus with a friend, it's because we both, we all agree that an active service takes so much more effort and like accumulates so many other things that a person can give. I think the two biggest things being their energy and their time. Like that, when it comes from someone that you might have a little lower of expectations from, it means so much more, I think, because, yeah, I know, because it is more, which it's funny because I know you were saying, John, that like, it's something you would expect from your friends. So you were talking about it being of more an expectation, but I actually think the fact that it would mean more coming from a friend just means that you actually have higher expectations of Brittany to just do it. Like it's it's something that is completely non-negotiable and that's why it's just not highlighted as something that would be as important being done by her because it's an innate expectation of yours that like she would of course do something like that so it's not as special maybe coming from a friend I don't know if you feel differently but yeah I I do agree with that to an extent I think there's again there's a separation in acts of service between I need you I cannot do this and I don't want to I don't feel like it so I think I I put less pressure on the I need you I cannot do this I feel like in our relationship we have that sort of like team mindset where when it comes to things like that I was gonna say that there's no shared responsibility yeah there's no like because at that point, it's a shared responsibility. Right. You're not stuck. Like, we're stuck. Like, we're <laughs> kind of stuck. <laughs> like, yeah, we're stuck because like, it directly you know, like, affects my It directly evening. affects me and my life. So, like, and I think that is a shared experience. It, like, takes on, like, we take on similar mm-hmm. needs. And, like, we share needs of, like, day-to-day. Whereas, like, that need in that particular instance of being shared on the side of the road, you know, isn't shared necessarily with a friend who you know lives 20 minutes away or that was a whatever. really good point to bring but up that, that once you're kind of a unit even even if that's two really close friends that live together naturally a lot of because so many yeah. acts of service oh, yeah. come in the forms of like home repairs or things in relation to a car yeah. or to a mm-hmm. place of living um or to a place of work. So even a really close coworker, I feel like things like that. It's so yeah. easy to overlook maybe the little things that you guys do for one another and don't even know it because like Brittany, if you wash the dishes, that not only satisfies your need for cleanliness and, you know, the need to get that thing right. done, but it also satisfies John. So I think. It's totally <laughs> for John. <laughs> I can live a lot longer. Without the dishes. It was just an example. He has all 16% of my acts of service is her doing the dishes. <laughs> last night, last night, because he, he enjoys having the mm-hmm. dishes done before bed. And same, just like you were saying, Heather, like, it's not like I right. don't want the dishes done. Like, I need dishes too. I live here too. But doing dishes, so like before bed, so they're clean in the morning are 100%. That effort is entirely because right. it will make him happy. Like, that is <laughs> not for me. Um, in that particular instance, there's other things too about dishes. Dishes are heavy in my life. Wait, it's I the things like that you don't like the most um, that you're... people help you with. I think that we notice and see yeah. the most. 
And you brought up cat boxes. Cat yeah. boxes is another. I was going to say uh, an actual service that we have is who locks out Mo in the middle of the night and oh. she starts biting us. Yeah, like we'll defend, like, like I'll see her go to him and like be prepared to like hump, like, wow, <laughs> jump on his neck and bite him. That's not <laughs> what I meant at all. I don't know why that came out that way. Um, it's because you were looking at John like, and you were I thinking, hump, I want to hump. Interfere. That's what it was. <laughs> I would intervene because he's snoring and I don't want her to wake him up. So then I'll take her and I'll kick her out at 4 a.m. So like sometimes there's that. Or I'll be too lazy and just like pretend to be asleep and let him do it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And that's the same on my side. Like, there's a lot of times where like sometimes I'm in the mood of like, Defending her and making sure she doesn't get woken up and bitten. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm not taking the cat out right now. So I'll ignore it and be, you know, asleep and then she'll do it. So there's this, I think there's like a, like an energy bar for active service in our lives. There's too many variables. Energy is one of them. But like, there's so many comebacks. It's a huge part of it though. For me, it's like, like there's, I literally feel like it's like a health bar. Like... If I, and maybe not for the day, maybe it's like for the week or for the month, you know, like there are m- multiple bars, but like, I feel like sometimes like I intentionally do things that are acts of service. And if I do too many of them intentionally, I get worn out, I get worn out and I don't want to, in spite of knowing that I would. Yes. Which I think that's what compromise. That's that where compromise is like is like another branch of that. So that needs to get. Well, and I think then at that point to just your the literal percentage, you know, of what we scored on the test. You know, your percentage of acts of service. I think if it you know shine through really strong, I think you are less likely to even consider that you're doing an act of service intentionally. You know, like, I think if it, let's say, like, ranks really high, I think it might mm-hmm. just automatically click to do something without it even necessarily being intentional because it might just be partially your nature. I do think a huge part of access service, though, is intentional. I think that that's what can make it so meaningful um, because it's kind of hard to the big acts of service things or like you said, John, the things that you do because you know people actually like need you in order to complete something or like they would be miserable without your assistance without your help without your support whatever it may be because I also think an active service can be support I know that that can be words of affirmation as well but I really think support a huge part of support is acts of service um agree and quality time it's also a gift to give someone the gift of support um i will i will touch (laughs) everything that i can and sometimes i get yes there you go there you go (laughs) that's how they all freaking relate (laughs) but i forgot my train of thought um don't know what we were talking about acts of service acts of service energy levels um well that actually just talk, speaking about acts of service segues into me perfectly um it it's my number one <laughs> i'm sure maybe listeners may have thought it was yeah. gifts but it's actually not um it's 100 acts of service was the first time was the second time um what number was it, it what percentage 33 percent yeah, that's higher so, uh, than mine my acts of service was 30 30 percent wow. so 
Okay, see, this is where I think your acts of service manifests in, like, um, taking time. Giving time and energy. Whereas you said that kind of qualified as a gift yeah, in your it, mind, I think, like, I I think that's important to you, but I'm actually going to let you speak um, to yourself there. Well, I know you've already, I feel like, been talking for quite some time, so I'm just going to go ahead and list off all of my percentages anyway. Um, okay, so my right. number one... How about this? I'll go the first time I ever took it. I don't remember what the percentages were, but the first time um, acts of service and gifts were almost tied for first acts of service was a little bit ahead of gifts, um, but they were almost tied for first. And I remember my third was quality time and then words of affirmation and physical touch were each like 10% and under Um, it was something or even lower. It may have been like five and 7%. It was insane. Um, and then access service and gifts were like totally up there. And then quality time was like perfectly in the middle. So that was what my scores were before. And when, if you know me and if you know my romantic history, so just thinking about it through the lens of romance, as I did the first time I ever took this test, I completely was thinking about it through romance, that lens, and then partially through the lens of friendship, but not at all considering family when I took it. Um, it completely makes sense. And the reasons in which I had kind of rationalized those scores was, and which I know, Brittany, you've heard this a thousand times, but, you know, I was thinking of and associating words and affirmation with, you know, when someone tells you, let's say, oh, like, thank you for doing this for me. But then maybe a month later, they need a really big favor or like they need a lot of support from you, an act of service in my mind. Um, If they need a lot of support from you and you're really present for them, you're really there for them. You are, you know, giving them all these things. Maybe you send them a gift. You're also giving them, um, I don't know, your time by going. So you're giving them that quality time, but all of those being an act of service. And then let's say a month after that, you need them. So now maybe two months in a row, you've really gone out of your way to give them a lot of your time and energy. And then maybe the next, the, the first time that you ever need them, you just get maybe a text or a voicemail or maybe a five minute phone call, you know, saying, so sorry that that's happening. Um, that sounds terrible, blah, blah, blah. And again, kind of giving you all these words, but then that cyclical pattern keeps on going on where basically, you know, words start to be viewed as empty because their actions never align with their words. And so when I took this test Mm -hmm. the first time I took it through, Oh, of course words of affirmation would be super low for me because of feeling like, especially in romance, that actions were never, you know, quite meeting the words. Exactly. The words always felt empty or, you know, even being told I have feelings for you, but then, like not like you said John like not making that time to then spend together it'd be like well that doesn't quite check out like how, what is <laughs> it didn't, exactly it didn't verify it didn't, it it didn't did not... validate the words were never actually validated even if let's say in the in the moment with they were validating words but then yeah actions it wouldn't align like right. you know the, the whole walking the walk but or talking the talk but not being able to walk the walk like I am a huge you must walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. You cannot do one without the other. Because also you can't walk the walk and then not talk the talk because if you don't sometimes explain or verbalize or articulate what you're going to do or what you're doing, if you do something nice for some for someone, let's say, like they might not even know. And I know obviously we don't always do things with, you know, the idea of recognition in mind, but in terms of 
if acts of service isn't something that's high up on their love language, they're not very likely yeah, or to notice the value it. of it, let's say. Um, so yeah. I think so that was definitely the lens. I took it through the first time. And then I remember even when I took it too, I was thinking of gifts. I've always thought of gifts in terms of the way I do, which is very tied into an act of service. Like when someone does an act of service yeah. for you or when they give you their time, both of those are huge gifts that people can give to you you know they're huge metaphorical and theoretical gifts that people can give to you so that definitely explained it the first time I took it however interesting the next time I took it so I think John you were like this my number one and my number and my number five so my first and last were the same so my bookend stayed the same but my middle three like j- jibber jabbered, um, jiggle jaggled, whatever. So my access service was at 33%, then quality time jumped to being number two this time around. Um, and then words and affirmation jumped to third and gifts went to fourth quality times. I mean, and then physical touch stayed at a whopping 3%. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I'm at 33%, then 27% quality time. So there's not a big difference between acts of service and quality time. And then words of affirmation at, 20%. Right. So kind of a noticeable difference between acts of service and words of affirmation and then um, receiving gifts. Uh-huh. 17% for being for gifts, which coming from before, having gifts was probably at like 29 and acts of service was at like, or you know, they were probably, I think they were both in the high 30s the last time because words of affirmation and physical touch were both so low. So yeah. it was quite a bit because my set, let's see, my fourth moved to my third my third moved to my second but my second gifts dropped significantly actually to fourth which I was actually a little surprised when I got the results and even as I was taking the test you know kind of what your score is going to be as you're taking it and I noticed as I kept choosing things I chose words of affirmation quite a few more times like quite like over gifts versus I know the first time I took it I was choosing like the gift of service or the gift of time in my mind over words of affirmation continuously and I think because because of this distance that we've all been experiencing over the past year like you've had to put your own faith behind other people's words and other people's verbal support and verbal encouragement than we ever have before and I think I've been able to have that faith and then when the words of affirmation come continuously and they're just overflowing it's very hard to not believe that they do in fact hold value and hold love and that if your friends or if your romantic interests were maybe given the chance to you know pull through and actually you know act on one of those let's say you have a really good feeling that they would or else you know they would just be a monster um (laughs) or like the like i mean most Am I right to say most of your friends in your life have been yes. in your life for a hot second? I mean, you have actually a lot of close friends who have like been like recent few years, but like point is they've all had time to prove mm-hmm. themselves yeah, and like back true. up their work. So like when someone who you've been friends with since mm-hmm. you were in kindergarten, maybe says something, um, you have a better gauge as to like the validation that holds because of like you, their history of actions that right. to back up their words versus somebody you like recently met and recently became friends with who hasn't had that time to like uh, make it clear that their words right. do mean well, something. Well, I just think especially moving away from when time in person with 
people that mean so much to me, you know, we've just can obviously the pandemic added on a whole new layer to, you know, a lack of um, in-person time together. And I think, you know, we talked about with in-person time grows quality time grows physical touch and it also grows access service. We all kind of agreed that that is kind of a crucial component of access service or can be is when you actually are physically located close together. Exactly. Um, And I think because, um, because the pandemic forced us to, you know, forced us to literally not even be able to access those parts of the thing of ourself that we love, or, you know, those aspects of relationships Mm -hmm. with other people that we love so much we were kind of, you know, encouraged and kind of forced to have to lean on other aspects of friendships. And I think I personally have felt just as supported and just as loved as I ever have this year versus the other years. And this year was not in person. There wasn't, or it was incredibly limited amount of time in person. And so I think the fact that as I was taking this test, realizing wow, like those feelings, those like lovey-dovey, mushy-gushy feelings towards my friends and let's say towards a crush or something, you know, none of those have really lightened up. And then it was like, okay, well, what was the one thing that kept those alive? It was like words, speaking and quality right. time, realizing the value of quality Zoom, um, the value of FaceTiming or even the value of the time it takes to have a full-blown texting conversation with someone all like the, and the energy it takes. Exactly. And we're all under stress and sadness and different versions of depression. And so when someone, you know, takes the time out of their day to plan a FaceTime with you and you follow through and you do it like that means a lot because one thing that also really jumped was quality time for me shot up to my second one. Um, yeah, my quality time was massive on both. My quality time was 27% versus active service mm-hmm. at first, 30% first round. And then quality time for friends and family was 37% of my That's whole thing. My access That's service massive. was 37% with wow. friends and family. Really? Wow. Yeah. But yeah, quality time, I didn't think I talked about it enough when I was reviewing mine because that's obviously that was one that really kind important. of popped yeah. out and surprised me a little bit I mean it's a, the biggest surprise for me was that gifts had switched to my fourth priority that one was my, yeah, my shocker um, my biggest shock factor but then seeing the percentage difference between quality time as well um, that was also big because I think that is another one I think that can kind of be overlooked um, or taken advantage of as well similar to you know acts of service and I think I think that one was twofold in how it got affected by COVID in the sense that realizing how much I had loved the in-person quality time prior to COVID and then how much now I miss, you know, not having that. And then the second component being realizing how much quality time actually through the virtual world I was able to have. And so how much that meant that we were able to translate those in-person experiences to virtual experiences and like still have that in-person human connection even if it was we would zoom and watch movies together over Netflix like that you know I don't want to say that's not that much different than sitting in silence in the same living room but you know there are a lot of similarities between the two and the quality time is just the same 
it's and if anything when you're over zoom with someone there are even less distractions than there are in person and debatably it's it's more awkward let's say if you sit in silence over something that's virtual than if you sit in silence with someone in person and so I feel like you're even likely to communicate Mm -hmm. more when you're facetiming with someone or you're on the phone with someone than you are actually to communicate with them in person and because there are less distractions so I think you're actually more sometimes focused on the conversation itself sometimes when things are even done virtually than when they're done in person um and so I think realizing mm-hmm. all of those things and you know a lot of what I said also had to do with words just now like and communicating communication has also been a key part of this last year as well and with getting older you value it more and more and more so I think that also makes sense why my words of affirmation went from being like a seven percent to twenty percent like that even was a huge jump um but yeah it was definitely illuminating for sure I knew acts of service probably wasn't going to switch wasn't going to move anywhere kind of new physical touch for me wasn't going to move much either um but the the three do you think that will change when you have a like long-term partner I actually I really do I think because like like how you even said earlier like yes I am a hugger complete one thousand percent a hugger um even like in the professional sphere. I'm a hugger, like with coworkers and supervisors. Mm-hmm. Um, my very first job, my boss commented on, you're such a hugger, but I love it. And I remember thinking like, I would have never have categorized myself actually as a hugger. Um, but now I totally mm-hmm. do 1000%. I think it's, mm-hmm. in fact, I think it's more weird if you don't hug someone as a greeting than if you do. All all three oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> shut <hugger>. up. <laughs> no, but, but it's true. Like, what I was trying to get with that is I just am so much more, I think, about the other things, I guess. Um, or, yeah, hugging can only Fair. take you so far. Yeah. Um, it really can. That, okay, okay. That is a perfect transition to something mm-hmm. I was trying to bring up. So, as we, as you were talking... I feel like I, I that was a good little run. I got to just listen. And it made me think of, like, the different ways. These are all the ways that we want mm-hmm. to receive love, but that's not necessarily the way that we show love. Oh, yeah. I'm very conscious of how I give love to certain people. And, like, that is something I want to, like, definitely address, but I want to table that for a second because I want to know, like, what you guys think the fastest way of showing someone love words of affirmation fastest like the fastest uh quality time takes time obviously i service takes time we decided that uh gifts take time if they're meaningful which that's the whole point uh and then what's i mean when i say fastest i mean like are the two left yeah 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 but but same physical touch it has a requirement of proximity i'm not i'm not setting this up the way i want to I don't mean fastest as in uh, takes the least amount of time to complete. I mean fastest as in which of these love languages, say you met someone last week. Oh, do you exhibit first? No, not which one do you exhibit first, but which one is likely to take them from just met to more love slash showing more love. Acts of service. Quicken. You mean with what they give me or what I give them? Oh, either way, the thing that would week. grow a relationship the strongest for me, the fastest, the one that would be most effective in terms of improving a relationship with someone romantic or non-romantic 
would 100% be acts of service. That's what I have written down too. For me, ooh, that's a really what would deepen what would deepen one. a relationship uh, for you, Brittany, the fastest. And I, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like. Well, the thing is, like, acts of service is high on my list in terms of like my day to day love, especially with my partner. But I do feel like. But see, that's but that's um, key right there. You just said it's a thing high on your list with your romantic partner. So just imagine if someone non-romantic in your life went out of their way to do an act of service that was possible for them to do for you. I still feel like, like, the first thing, you're saying, like, what would be the most meaningful yeah. right off the bat? Like, what's going to jump them the highest in your friendship me, or like love an, category? It's, a, it's an understanding of who I am, I guess, and, like, a Ooh. mutual understanding of who we are, and that would translate and manifest in words of affirmation okay. for me. Like, having, like, can talks and conversations, uh, and those, those don't even, like, they, those actually could be yeah. that. Like, people can yeah. understand someone in a very quick conversation and be like, oh, we vibe well because of how he's responding to this, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know if that, like, sh- should be categorized as words of affirmation. Maybe that's quality time. A little bit of quality time, too. Um, So pro- probably quality time, but then, yeah, probably quality time. I think it's a, I know what you mean with the words. It's hard because it's almost like, wow, it's almost like the quality of words or the depth, like depth almost should be its own category, I swear, because that is a combination of quality time because you need, I feel like you, most people need quality time. Exactly. Most people need quality time in combination with the words that you exchange to understand the depth of someone else and for someone to understand your depth. And so when that is sped up, you're right. Oh my gosh, how eye-opening that can be. Like that basic level of understanding would be huge. Um, and in my mind, that was not where my where my brain first went to. Yeah, my brain first went to kind of what would be the biggest gesture. Actually, is kind of what went through my mind. And I naturally thought, yeah, if someone like did something for me, it would mean that there would have to be a basic level of understanding. We would have had to exchange words together for them to know what is even important to me or to know what stresses I'm facing to have something to have a certain service even mean something to begin with um and they would also have to give me some of their time so they'd have to know me like know me my current you know relevant life or depending on what the service was it could have had a much deeper more emotional meaning too um but it also would have been them giving their time to me so it would have combined that a little bit of that quality time aspect as well kind of all all in one um because like it's easy to send a fruit basket to an interviewer you know like something like that so in that sense gifts right. would not be actually that yeah my brain didn't even go to gift actually when we said what would be the most meaningful thing you know granted no. obviously if we had a beautiful conversation and then I got like a gift that was something that I had like that somehow related to something I had mentioned or something that would be incredibly meaningful to me because I'd be like wow you really listened and put x and y together and you know realized that i would absolutely love this and then you spent the time to go pick it out you know whatever you were thinking about when we weren't together you know, again all this is romantic or not um that would hold value but yeah i think my brain definitely first went to an act of service and the easiest one being words of affirmation because you can say thank you so much this meant so much to me what was that just a second and a half two seconds um but I guess depending on what the words are, if the words strike a chord, that debatably could be the most powerful thing. It's hard. Mm-hmm. 
And then following up on that with Wait, what would it be Acts of service? I said uh acts of service. I think, yeah, I think that it's it's the thing that's the most out of It takes of the most. Way. We said it takes the most. Yeah. Which, like I said, it takes more of the other things involved. It's the thing that... And they don't have an expectation. Like, acts of service, like we had talked about, like, with friends, there's, like, a little mm-hmm. level right. of an expectation exactly. that there's you fall through. expectation with Because we're new. already have a relationship. We're already, right. like, express love to each other in other ways. So this makes sense. There's an sense. understanding there. But with, with someone new, that expectation yeah. is not there. That right. pressure is not there. Right. And I feel like doing something like that for someone or having someone do something like that for me just kind of mentally like inserts them into that perspective of like oh like yeah okay you care (laughs) you know like yeah that that shows me that you're worth investing more quality time into or more conversation or more right you know whatever it is and then hearing you guys talk about the the quality time you know like it's not just time you know it's quality time and what makes it quality time depends on the relationship that Mm -hmm. you have with that person already. So with a stranger quality time tied in words of affirmation, having a Mm -hmm. good conversation and things like that, or following up with a nice gift. Like you were saying Mm -hmm. something small that related to it where all of those things were tied into this, the stranger Mm -hmm. quality time. Whereas quality time with one of your best friends is literally you two sitting next to each other, not saying anything, sitting on your phones. Yeah. And like that's quality time because you're literally okay. just in their presence. So that made me, that is interesting. That made me, cause I had written down. There are different levels of the quality. There's different levels of the quality on depending on that. Your, the, the history of your relationship. Yeah. And then this is me being like naive and I'm very narrow minded, but like who does not have quality time as an important like I, I can't picture someone having quality time as like I think four or five. I actually think it can be very And maybe it's just the people yeah. I hang out with because that I'm such a high quality time person, but like it's it's hard for me to, to like picture other things being so high I above think quality time. It can actually be incredibly easy and maybe that's because of maybe a little bit more of the person I used to be, even though I think I did always value quality time, but I know I didn't value it as much back in the day as I do now. I think people that can very easily compartmentalize different aspects of their life, maybe necessarily don't put so much of an emphasis on quality time. Um, I think people that very important and time-consuming things in their own life and not to say that you know, someone doing something is more important than someone else doing you know like it, importance is all relative to what we are doing and our own histories and who we are as people you know what field our career is in you know everything you know, the health of our family and friends like everything can be totally vastly different however like let's say you have someone who maybe isn't as emotionally presenting of a person because I was about to say as emotional, but I mean, I think you truly can never know how emotional someone is until you're incredibly closely bonded with them. So let's say you have someone that is less emotionally presenting. um, And like, for instance, John, I feel like a lot of people in your life are very emotionally outward. I feel like a lot of them do not struggle with expressing your emotions. Exactly. 
together. Exactly. (laughs) So even though it's hard for me and probably people who know me well to imagine a time where I didn't verbalize or express my emotions, there was a solid like percentage of my life and like a really um, influential part of my life, really memorable part of my life where I did not verbalize how I was feeling um, like to anybody other than, you know, to myself or sometimes not even myself. And so when you don't really do that and you just kind of like, you know, you spend a lot of time doing a career, you spend a lot of time studying, let's say, and then when you think of, oh, what's important to me about, you know, my friends and what do they give me? I think quality time just isn't necessarily a thing on your list because you're not necessarily thinking about even spending time with other people. You're thinking of, you know, you spend a lot of your time alone because you're either thinking or you're busy or, you know, you're working or reading or sleeping, whatever it is that you're doing. And so your brain isn't automatically going to quality time being associated with other people. You find quality in the time that let's say like you spend alone. Maybe if you're a little more introspective, maybe if you're a little bit more of an introvert, um, so not so it doesn't right. have to only be your are yeah. extroverted ass. So I think it's you know I think okay, yeah, yeah. I think I'm that yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think it doesn't have to only mean, you know, more emotionally detached people. I think it can also just be introverts, um, and people that maybe have more social anxiety. I think for them spending time in person with someone, I think words and affirmation would maybe be like one of their lowest you know or you know quality I feel like words of affirmation would and let's say maybe physical touch would also maybe be a little lower on their list as well but I think if they maybe thought of the things that stressed them out the most or things that gave them the most anxiety it might be spending time in person with someone else would actually yeah spending time is an act of service maybe they don't like it or it is putting them exactly out of their comfort zone Mm. well and for quality time like I quality time was not like a conscious like important category or love language for me but it's obviously important per the test like that's not something I I would have said necessarily was um but I also do more so identify as like an extroverted person and and, I mean less in COVID personalities changed a little bit but you know generally I enjoy my people and my time with my people and um, so right. that tracks with your point. Yeah, I definitely think being an extrovert or an introvert, which you and John are both incredibly extroverted, I think that is a huge impact on how you view and place value behind quality time. Completely. Totally. I agree. Yeah, which 100%. then means when you have maybe an introverted friend or an introverted family member or romantic interest, and if they do choose to give you that quality time in person maybe knowing that that's like I feel like sometimes the things that are the lowest on your list almost actually prove the most meaningful to other people who know you because it means wow they're going when I try really hard yes! for you. <laughs> when I'm like I gotta make sure I have a gift for Canada for Christmas I want to make sure it's thoughtful I'm thinking about it in like October Whereas, like, that's not the case with, like, right. other people in my life. Because I, I want to give that to you. And that is a good segue. Is that what you wanted to say? I wasn't even going to say it. I was going <laughs> to do it. But, yes. That is a good, like, home back into, like, 
recognizing the love languages mm-hmm. of others and the difference between the love you want to receive and the love mm-hmm. that you want to give. Right. Because... Um, well, for example, looking at mine, acts of service and words of affirmation were uh, outside of gifts, which had zero. Those were both pretty low, both had 16%. Not. He performs many of uh, acts. Yeah, of service not like something that I necessarily need or, or want, statements. but it's something that I give a ton of because it's so important right. to my partner, you yeah. know? So I think that's a such an important part of this is like it's it's one thing to know what your love languages are and to recognize like what's important to you but I feel like even more important for this whole conversation is like analyzing and recognizing the love languages of others mm-hmm. and totally. like being effective in how you show your love. Yeah. Because I have 32% physical touch and Heather has 3% physical touch. So if every time I see Heather, I just want to be huggy, huggy, huggy and kisses on the cheeks and Which, like, let's be show clear, how much I would love, love I have for her. All 3%. You, <laughs> yes, continue, continue. <laughs> but you know, like, that, that might, that might not be showing you the... how much love I have for right. you in the right way. Like right. It, it's me showing you the love that I want to receive, but it's not necessarily showing you the love that you want to receive. So there's this give and take of, you know, this is for me, this is for you and recognizing when th- people do things for exactly. you like and when not I for pull them. Up to... Right their apartment and john carries my bags from my car to the apartment door although that may also be seen as just a a stereotypical gentlemanly like act to me i view it as what a lovely act of service thank you i could have carried that i really didn't fucking want to as i sat in traffic for three and a half hours so thank you so much for carrying that to the door and then for already having my air mattress set up with sheets oh my gosh like you'll think like those would be an example of an act of service and the way that like i would receive love probably the most upon let's say reuniting with like people or things like seeing friends like those would be perfect examples of how, for instance, I would 100% receive love the most versus a hug. Although I would definitely, of course, love a hug so much. And, you know, a, I missed you so much, you know, but even that, like hearing those words, those would rank higher for me in value than the hug would. Like having someone say, I've missed you so much. I'm so right. happy you're here. And then I've spent the time planning what we're going to do together this weekend. Or if you want to do this, I thought about this. So I went out and bought mm-hmm. X, Y, Z for us to do blank, blank, blank. Like all of right. those, that quality time, those gifts, those words of affirmation and that act of service, those would all be more important than the hug, for instance. But yeah, upon, let's say... I don't know, even like greeting someone like Brittany, the first thing that goes to my mind, even though I know physical touch isn't that high up on your list, the first thing that goes to my mind there are words of affirmation and physical touch because it would be, of course, I want to give her the biggest squeezy hug ever, not because I just want to, but because I think if I didn't give her a hug, in her mind, it'd be like, 
sorry, do you not love me anymore? <laughs> so, <laughs> and saying, I miss you, and I have all these things planned, blah, 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 or, you know, whatever, you know, other comforting words, I'm so happy you're here, you know, things like that. Um, not only do they come naturally to me, um, because I do, in fact, love her so much, but it also, I think, subconsciously is a level of knowing what other people want to receive. Because um, I think when you know that you're fulfilling totally. someone else's want or someone else's need, I think that naturally is going to make you feel better about the situation too, of course. Oh, totally. Well, you if you want to give love to somebody, to you, please you're them. trying to think of the mm-hmm. most effective way to do it. And like, I, I think, you know, this could be its own could be its own category, but it's it's probably a, either quality time or a, an act of service. But like for you, Heather, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but like a big thing is not to quote Claire Crawley, yes, but like that's showing up, like literally scene. people mm-hmm. physically being. You did not there. have to even mention her in that. I did though. I could not <laughs> think of her. How what? many times did she say so those long. words, you guys? Um. Fifty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's her three episodes. Um, but uh, like that right there is something where it's like we're planning trips months in advance, so I make sure I'm there because that's important. You know, that's also quality time. But um, yeah, and I, I, I think I am very. I try to be very conscious of that in like all of my friendships and my relationship with my partner. But you, you are right that I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily conscious of it with my family I guess as much but like I also I think I'm more I think I recognize maybe subconsciously but it's still like it's meaningful when somebody also here's the thing it's also meaningful when somebody uh gives love in a in like their preference too like I also like can shift my views um about what I'm receiving depending on what it is they give like we talked about with my dad like you know he's totally an act of service guy and so I find that more uh, or I accept that it's not maybe more valuable but I do I accept that to a high degree because I know that's him really Mm -hmm. like leaning into what he knows and that that translates as like a big Mm -hmm sign of love because sometimes I feel like it could almost feel it debatably can feel unauthentic maybe if somebody is showing you a form of love that isn't necessarily what you know is their priority Uh uh-huh and it might in their real you feel more so unsettled then it almost would make you feel pleased even if it was the number one way in which you valued to and love and how you wanted to receive love and I think I know what you mean Brittany I think sometimes that that genuine pure authenticity that someone has to go through to show you which almost is a form of vulnerability too because they're truly being their you know unapologetically being their authentic self and showing you the way that like the or you know the only way they know to give love um that is so vulnerable pure and real in itself and like you really you can't deny or um you can't I'm trying to think you can't like it can't possibly be falsified I feel like if it's the way they innately go Mm. to love somebody so I know even if it's the exact opposite of the way you receive love I think it can still almost mean 
the most sometimes, or at least still hold significant value, even if it's not the way you receive love. If you really know that person and know that like, that is completely the way in which they show you love. So I do agree. But I think mm-hmm. the way we receive and show love, I think I personally like to receive even different forms of love from different people. And I think that stems from not mm-hmm. only knowing how they give love and what they like to receive as love, but it also is just the difference in a relationship, the difference in a dynamic, especially then if it's a, mm-hmm. a romantic relationship, you know, like I think that really can have an mm-hmm. effect um, on the way in which you want to receive love. And it, you know, depends on your history with someone romantic or not. If you have a romantic history with Boy. someone where they don't show up for you um, and then they do show up for you, of course you're going to, you know, put that up on a pedestal, regardless if that's something you normally value or concentrate on. Um, but I think also another really key thing to point out here, and I think you also pointed this out, Brittany, was showing up honestly should be its own category. And I think because the one I relate the most to it is acts of service, because when I think acts of service, I also just think action, right? I, I associate the two together. And I'm right. sure some people probably right. don't associate the two together but if you do if you relabel acts of service as actions followed through and acts of service then I think I think it would be a game changer for almost everybody but I have always associated actions and followed through with acts of service and yes you're right for me personally especially if you know all different forms of my different histories people that show up and actions speak the loudest hands down. I know some people do value words over actions. Um, but for me, it is very hard for me to find value in words unless I have already seen the value through actions. And you also spoke about that earlier, right? It was mm-hmm. like, it's so much easier for me, I think now to rank words of affirmation so much higher on my list because all the people that I would want to receive words of affirmation from have proved to me via actions and through the time that they have given to me, the time and energy that they have given to me, they've already proved that their words genuinely have meaning behind it. And that when given the opportunity to rise to the occasion, they all do. So I know that their words hold significant Mm -hmm. value. Um, So yeah, I mean, completely, but it means more and it means less in certain relationships. Because for instance, um, acts of service mean significantly less to me in some relationships, in some relationships where I know, that person does not give love in that way or doesn't necessarily show they care through doing things like they show care just through spent a hanging out in an afternoon, let's say. Um, And like, I know that for them because they're really busy, let's say to just give me a lunch or to just give me a movie on the couch is like huge for them because they don't really hang out with a lot of people. So I wouldn't necessarily even expect them to do something, let's say for me, because I know how huge of a deal it is for them just to give me their time. Or maybe someone doesn't just doesn't do words. They don't do words of affirmation. Like that's just not their, not their thing. Um, And so then when I, let's say receive a really validating statement from them, it's like, Oh wait, I know that actually took a lot for them to do because that's not something that comes yeah. naturally right. to them. Um, so it, de- it it is such a fluid spectrum of um, reactions, totally. a complete reactions and receiving. I mean, it's it, it totally is a huge spectrum. I agree. I think the tests 
are incredibly subjective to your mood, to the people that are at the forefront of your mind, to the environment you've been living in completely. And I think if you really wanted to know, you would A, take multiple different branded tests. You would take the test through different lenses and see then how similar or different your your results are. Good for you if when you think of, you know, a ton of different people that have a ton of different historical backgrounds and histories with you personally, if you still are coming out with the same results, you are one firm, immaluable cookie. Um, but <laughs> for sure. Or you just are surrounded by incredibly like-minded individuals to yourself, which lucky, lucky for you. I also think that's, that's a severe disadvantage to your personal growth. Um, so maybe consider putting a more diverse group of people around you if that you consistently have the same results. Um, but I think exactly if you're you're, yes if you're comfortable with quality (laughs) but I think if you kind of (laughs) test in even if it's just slight variations I think that shows that you are surrounded by people that are different from you that you still are able to you know have serious love with because obviously you're not going to take a test like this through a lens of another person that you don't care about they won't even pop into your mind yeah no and I I equate, like, taking the test and understanding your love languages and, like, the people in your life, like, what they, you know, value and, like, what their love languages are. Very similar to, um, like, our conversation with Justine about um, tarot card reading and astrology. It's just another way to kind of be conscious of your efforts. Reflective. And, and reflective mm-hmm. and introspective about your efforts in a relationship. And, you know, your acts in life and how you, you know, act to those around you Um, and just be more mindful of it. And I do think just even like having the conversation about like what's important to somebody versus not like will enhance a relationship, friendship, familial, you know, romantic, whatever. Um, And I definitely think that, like, in my personal romantic relationship, as well as, like, a lot of my friendship, that's definitely been um, a strong value. Even if it's, like, not consciously talked about specifically, like, oh, you are really affirming my via words today. You know, it's it's a a conscious thing and something that's discussed. And I think that's really helped strengthen those bonds. That makes total sense. Yeah, I I agree with that, too. And I think... There's, you know, I think this is, is such mm-hmm. an sh- important topic. Like, it's such an important understanding that there's so much personal growth to be had from understanding love languages. And, like, we're all lucky enough to be, like, living in the time we are. We're in our early adult lives, you know, we were be able to be introduced to something right. like this. And, right. you know, I don't think that it's ever too late. To, you know, start thinking about love languages and what you represent. Yeah. So, like, you know, I encourage anyone, like, check out your love languages. But what I'm wondering between the two of you is, like, at what age do you think it's it's appropriate to start? Like, is it, is there, you're never too old, but is there a too young? No, because I think love languages change as you get older. They're like taste buds. I think if they're taught the right way, I don't think there's too young of an age. I do think if it's taught or approached the wrong way in a sense of like the wrong way, I think could come from either two different ways. I think the wrong way could be 
you know, focusing too much on maybe what other people need and not focusing enough on yourself. I think that could potentially be a negative thing Mm -hmm. and you'll stunt someone's personal growth and like self-identity. But then I think also if it's taught from a perspective of, you know, really learn yourself, only focus on yourself and then just make sure that you give love to people and it's okay if it's only in the way you know how to give. Although that can also be, you know, a beneficial thing. And sometimes when people are in fragile states, they do have to have to function that way. And they can only, you know, give so much and give what they know. But I also think that if it's taught that way, it can be incredibly limiting. And I think it can also really stifle the current relationships that you have. And I think it can come off as selfish. And I think it can, you know, potentially keep you from growing as an individual actually and evolving or even just expanding who you can be as a person so I definitely think it's really crucial that it's taught as something that varies something that varies with your emotions the different people that are coming into your lives the different states that you're in um, and then just something naturally that is always evolving with age also you know even if you have the exact same people in your life I still Mm -hmm. think it's going to change over time or at least just evolve maybe go a little even if it's just back and forth if it's between like let's say two different things let's say if you just have two things that change I think just to some degree it has to be recognized um and emphasized how flexible and how fluid the love languages are and that you should be taking into consideration yes first your own you know your own inside and how you're feeling and the importance of how being introspective during this process of of identifying your own love languages, but then also the value of taking into consideration other people's feelings, especially the people that you love and that are already giving their time and their energy to you. It's important to think about them, what they need and, you know, what they want as well as it is to, of course, value your own, you know, mental health and your own personal growth and whatnot. So I just think it's, it's mainly important how it's spoken about and, how it's taught, I think is the number one most important thing. And then if as long as it's done the right way, I don't think there's a young enough age that you can introduce the topics. It just has to be handled properly. Yeah. I agree that I like the emphasis of um, focusing on yourself because you're right that that has, we all already like have that value in ourselves. And so it's easy for us to like be thoughtful, uh, but like, if you don't know what it is you want and how you want to receive or how you do naturally receive love, then, you know. Right, that but definitely, definitely not letting that be the only thing either. After that, learning how to integrate other people's feelings and wants into your, into your own. Yes. Definitely. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Yes. Levels to this shit. Yeah, almost too many. There's... It all ended up all being the same shit. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> That's, this was so was... fun. Yeah. This was exactly what I wanted it to be. Like we just flowed literally seamlessly between all of these different like ways of showing love and kind of determined that they're all they are. connected anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> all, all the same. Thing. All yeah. the same. <laughs> but, but, but they're not. Yeah. Figure your shit or just out, y'all. spend time. It's very helpful. Give yourself, <laughs> give yourself the gift of spending the time to be introspective and be self-reflective and 
I think you can learn so many different things when you just take the time to actually sit alone with your own thoughts and your own reflections. Um, I mean, Brittany is like one of the, the queens of journaling or teaching me to write down my feelings or taking the time to actually think about my own feelings and processes. And I think that can hold such value because it'll not only affect your own understanding of yourself, but it will affect how you respond and react to other people, which is crucial because everything is built on relationships. Relationship building is everything. The way you communicate with other people is everything. And you'll never understand how to do that properly or how to improve if you can't first understand how you function first and what your own innate habits are to begin with. Yes. 100. That was great to end on. That was a quotable <laughs> paragraph. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> well, thank so you. So much fun. Chi-Chi, this was so much fun. So good. Mm-hmm. I feel so satisfied. I I'm going to sleep so well. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I... I don't. I I was so excited for this one. I think it's part of why we've been putting it off for so long. Is I wanted to make sure that like we did it good. Me too. So I'm really happy that we did. We may have talked in circles at times, yes, but that I'm was our own that. personal processes just aired for everybody else. That's a- yes. It is. Oh yeah. No no no. We're all about um and hearing and other opinions, people's mm-hmm. experiences. Helps you reflect on your own in a way that you totally might not offers different lenses. Totally. Have thought 100%. before, so I'm with it. Yay! All right. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and 